So just a few pointers to bear in mind. You're handling uh, dhammas, sankharas, and particularly the ones that beset the person. Mm. Naturally, there are you know, a whole range of thoughts and moods that we go through. And, but you see that the obstructive ones are the ones that we, when we scan through our thought processes and begin to acknowledge the mood, the emotion, there's a, a certain particular patterns that are quite common for people because of the nature of the person. One is there's anxiety because a person is a separate form, recognizing, bounded by age, sickness, death, and in a social sense, you know, all kinds of pressures to uh, for security and that are. You know, I mean, we know that uh, it's not secure and to keep that trigger of anxiety, of uncertainty keeps us working and concerned about the future and what's going to happen to me and when I get too old or on my own or these kinds of things. Mm, quite reasonable uh, grounds. But you recognize you can't really deal with that from a from a frightened place, even though that, that may be the way the world is, you can't, you know, at your best <laughs> in that state. And uh, this anxiety that can happen, we see it as a trigger that can happen in, not just in that sense, but in many other senses where the person is involved. Mm. It is a memory or a thought or so this this particular pattern, if you notice this, another one is a sense of mm, why do I want to do so much? Why is our minds always on doing things? There's energy there in the will to do things, to get things done. It may that energy may be kind of um, called upon by you know, worries, concerns, you know fix things, get things done, so on. Or maybe the frustration of not being able to get things done. Don't want to do it, particularly in meditation, you a frustrating business, trying to arrive at some state and that you hear about, sounds so good and you can't do it. This frustration is also uh, kind of a sense of almost something like anger, really, and a strong force that can't quite achieve what it wants to achieve. So it keeps going and pushing. Sometimes it's an experience we have with physical pain. We try this, we try that, we try to push against it, we try to work this, that, you know, there's a lot of energy going into it, trying to make it change into something else. This is actually a form of, uh, uh, of an angry force, actually feisty, pushy, uh, willful. Mm. Another common 
situation, uh, scenarios, one sort of sense of depressed, glum, uh, downcast, hopeless, can't get this going. It's a sad sense. Mm. And these we may see as problematic, probably what we see as problematic, uh, and very common for people, the person. Now, in, in um, relating to these, so why we take it from the head, where it gets very busy and full of topics that keep cascading and, and escalating, down to the fundamental emotion, the emotional base, and then beyond. And it, I think it's important to to go beyond that. You come down to the somatic sense where these are just energies. Mm. The anxiety is just a sharp, gripping sense. You may feel it in the viscera. Nothing, pushing, twisting. Trying to make things certain and safe is what he's trying to do. Actually, hmm. Is that such a bad thing? And then the willfulness or the forcefulness or the frustration is what they're trying to do, trying to clear obstacles. Sometimes this is expressed in our relationship in the world around us. We get indignant about injustice and we want to something else wants to push that, get through that, clear that away. So this force, this energy that wants to clear obstacles, a pushy force. Very different from sadness, which is a soft, melting quality to it. You you contemplate these as as energies rather even as problems, or as personal problems. And if you step back, you see actually they're all trying to help you. They're trying to, they are perhaps confused ways of trying to make a person more comfortable. <laughs> you know, force is trying to clear away obstacles. Mm. The uh, anxiety is on guard, looking out for security and aware of threat. Sadness is a tenderness, caring for us. Mm. In the confliction, conflicted state of the person where the sense of self which wants to be happy, relaxed, comfortable, confident, that that hopeful <laughs> Aspiration doesn't can't doesn't like these and always sees it as problems. So we, you know, obviously you can change the topics, but you come down to these raw qualities, and they are, yeah, it's it's true they do play out. So in meditation, we begin to translate these from emotions into fundamental energies, and even change your attitude towards them.
This is a confused something, an energy seeking my welfare. Thank you. And when anxiety is trimmed, so we just get down to the energy and leave the stories, the topics, or the person, the future, just the energy of it, it's a very sharp acuteness, alertness. And it transmutes because you want that, as that alertness, that on-guardness. If you're walking through the wilds, as we are, rewilding the mind, you don't want to be daydreaming. You want to be alert to possible threat, danger. And what you know is, right now, it's not there. You have this moment. Right now, it's not there. Fear is always about something that might happen. Right now, you're alert. The rest is unknown. It's possible, it's it's speculative, it's imaginary, it's conceivable, but it's not known. It's not, it's at the moment, it's just a creation of the mind right now. So meditation gives us that chance, mindfulness, to keep trimming away the unnecessary, mm, the things that distract us, proliferations, scenarios, when they were able to come down to just the energy itself, somatic sense itself, sharp, alert. You only have this moment. It's all you ever have. And then this energy is something, you think, well, this is good, it keeps me alert. Mm. And then that can begin to be absorbed into a quality of clear attention. Fundamental asset for the citta clear attention, right now, and released, not a problem. Now of course it doesn't happen as quickly as that, but this is the kind of a tip, feel it. Stop resisting it, prune, trim the scenarios, come into the present, hold it as an energy, and what's it trying to do? Trying to make security. Well, that's a nice, that's a guard, isn't it? But how can it be, how can you make security by being fully attentive now? That must be the best thing to do. Then this anxiety turns into an asset. 
the future is uncertain. Therefore, as we live our lives, we want to be clearly alert and attentive. That's healthy. Well, the frustration and inability to achieve or to you know, things are bothering me, things are not happening the way I want them to, things are getting in my way, that kind of growling sense, glowering sense. <laughs> this is uh, powerful. And it represents, when you get down to it and you trim away the, the stories of what, what's in your way or what you'd like to be, get down to it, it's just the primary strength. And you want that. You don't want to be flimsy. You want to be strong. You have to be strong. And this strength is the quality that, you know, will be there to say no to things. To say not with malice, but just no. This is not what I stand for. This is not what I'm participating in. I do not accept this. And then this quality is something to see, yeah, it's actually if it can be put in its right place, then actually this is an asset. So we contemplate that. Mm. It's a very primary, almost impersonal sense. Subjective, but impersonal. It's not about personal history, but it's subjective. It's about sustaining a separate individual, whoever she or he is. You want it. But you've got to, you know, understand it, respect it, clarify it, integrate it. Not be annoyed by it or disappointed by it. Because <coughs> there it is. And these two qualities, particularly, you know, in, in the certainly in the lifestyle of the Buddha, you know, they were necessary. The Buddha himself didn't tolerate uh, abuse; very strong, and always living on the edge of uncertainty, supremely attentive. Then there's a, there's a transmutation there, then, rather than the eradication. Mm. When it's settled, when we've stopped feeling conflicted by that, those energies, then you now you know, we've stopped resisting that those that those those qualities. They can then be allowed to to move and they subside into the, we might say, our ground, our refuge, and the jitta recognizes here is strength, here is alertness. Mm. Mm. And uh, sadness is a tenderness, Softness, ability to sympathize, and that's something that's uh, 
necessary for our, our heart to have sympathy for ourselves and for others. It gets bogged down in stories and events. We clean it from the sense of I am or from me, then it's just an energy that's has no boundaries. It's a tenderness of heart. That's also an asset. When you see it, when you know it just as that, no longer as a person, but as a subjective quality that beings, human beings have. When the I am and the me are carefully put aside, the energy also can enter into citta. It's a subsiding of the forms, formations. And these are all ways in which these primary energies are resolved into into citta. So the arising from ground into being a person, into being an individual, is endowed with strength, with alertness, and with tenderness. So particularly this time in the retreat, it's a time when we are aware of um, moving towards a, a closure. So it's important to just acknowledge, initiate the arising into a personal form, but, but really just an inch from letting everything dissolve into what's really necessary for your individual welfare. Not you specifically, but any person's individual welfare. Can those natural energies arise for your benefit rather than be confused? Primary quality of jitta arising is for your well-being. And these are the powers and the qualities that it uses, can use, to support that.